The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coonhound Collective. <laughs> Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today I had the pleasure of sitting down with Mr. Chris Harley, who owns the Big Lee dog that just put on a clinic at the Grand American. And we're going to talk about Big Lee, but we're going to talk about some of Chris's background first. Chris, how's it going today? Hey, how you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm doing well. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, join us today on the podcast and share some of your stories. So won't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from, where you grew up, that type of thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, my name is Chris Harley. I'm, I'm from a small town called Orangeburg, South Carolina. I currently live in a little small town called Cameron, South Carolina. Um, I've, I'm 37 years old. I've been coon hunting probably since I was about 12, uh, probably younger, but most of my memories are started, I guess, remembering hunts around 12. Um, I have a wife and a five-year-old son, and a, my daughter will be two in just a few days, and I've been coon hunting for a long time. Well, you definitely got your hands full there with a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. I'm sure your your, your wife is, is pretty busy and you as well, for sure. Yes, sir. So uh, tell, tell us, how did you get into to messing with coon hounds, if it was coon hounds or, or, or hunting dogs in general? Well, I've, I've, I've had hunting dogs my entire life. Um, down here in South Carolina, you know, we, we can run deer with dogs and I've, I've been involved in around deer dogs or rabbit dogs or squirrel dogs and coon dogs pretty much my entire life. Uh, my granddad would always tell us stories about his bird dogs and, and so, some kind of way in my entire life, I've been associated with some sort of hunting dog. So, um, I, I'm from Alabama originally, the Southeast side of Alabama. We can run, um, deer with dogs there as well and that's where a lot of people get involved um, with dogs in that area and later as time progressive later later on in life they end up you know going over to coon dogs or squirrel dogs or, or like you said beagles is that kind of what give you the the passion that you wanted to to always have a hound of some sort around that's exactly right um it, it was just always that's that's what we did we would go hunt dogs on uh, deer with dogs on Saturdays or Saturday mornings. I mean, even back then, it was a, a huge deal. I mean, people would get together on Thanksgiving or Christmas or the day after Thanksgiving and, and run a lot of farmland and have a lot of farmland. So we were always we were always somewhere, especially during the holidays, um, with our family um, having hunts with dogs. So um, it's just always been a special place for me. So uh, what was your first dog that you had that was yours that that was a coon hound the first dog that i specifically remember buying myself um i i i was a 15 years old and i worked um after school at the local feed store the dog food center and uh, i saved my money there after school and i worked all summer um 
that was my first, I say, real job. Uh, and uh, I saved my money and I bought a, a walker dog from a local guy. She was about eight years old when I bought her at the time. And her name was Rose. She was a tree and walker. And uh, she was she wasn't flashy. She wasn't fast, but she was she was accurate. And um, and I'll tell you a funny story real quick about her. She uh, <clears throat> she ended up losing her back one of her back legs i had to have one of her back legs amputated and uh back then you know we would we would get together you know high school 15 16 year old friends and we would get together and go coon hunting and uh everybody always picked on me and told me i was my they called her tripod rose because she had three legs but um she would always she would always impress everybody because we would hunt with some other dogs, but she would be the one in there with a coon. Um, you know, like I said, she wasn't flashy or anything spectacular, but she was the first dog I ever bought. And uh, I still have some pictures in, in, in my parents' house of, of me with the old tripod rose. So she, she's my first one. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And for you know, dogs to I, I've I've heard some other stories of some dogs that were you know had three legs that still go out and perform and and, and tree coons. That's 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 pretty good for sure. So so did you just pleasure hunt uh, her, or did you did you comp hunt her any at all? Well, back then um, in South Carolina, the State Coon Hunters Association puts on a big youth hunt series, and they have been for forever, as far as as long as I can remember. And uh, we we would go around to those uh, youth series. Uh, Dad would take us around to those youth series, and my brother would hunt uh, a friend of ours' dog, or I'd hunt a friend of ours' dog. But I mean, pretty much all she ever competed in was uh, you know local state association uh, youth hunts. Okay, so um, after after Rose there, what 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 dog did you get next? Did you did you get something else local there? Or did you have something out of her? Or how, how did that go? Well, um, I guess I, that's kind of what got me into English dogs. I, I started. I went out, and uh, my dad had a, a friend of his going to buy a litter of pups um, or a few pups from Irvin Commodore down on uh, Wadmalaw Island, Stono River line of dogs. And uh, I rode with them. We wrote Dad and I rode with them, and and I I bought my first English pup, <clears throat> and that's kind of how I got into English dogs. And and then I met some local hunters who hunted English dogs, and and uh, uh, Greg Covington, and and uh, he he had he had top notch dogs. Uh, his dog at the time was the 1992 um, ACHA, I believe it was World Champion English uh, Covington's Royal Air. And uh, he had sired uh, a feet. They bred a female out of him to a walker dog, and that produced a, a. At that time, it was single registered, but he was a crossbred dog, and his name was Hardwood Lightning. And he was he's probably the dog out of my childhood that stands out the most. He was the the first competition hunt I ever went to a UKC hunt. My cousin and I rode with Greg in a single cab truck, and we took lightning. And it was my first competition hunt I'd ever been in, or, or two as a spectator. And it was lightning's first competition hunt. And 
lightning blew him out of the water. I, I remember we, we scored first place in the hunt, high scoring dog. Back then, UKC, it, it was it was points. You know, you, you had to, if you were chasing night champion title, you had to beat any other dog at the cast to get that win. And so it, it was about scoring points as well. And so also back then, you know, 20, I can remember the, the Barmel Club had, had 20 or 30 people in there that night. It was a huge crowd. And and so that that really stood out to me, and and that's kind of how I got into English dogs. And uh, Jason Fogel, he was also part of that training and with the hardwood lightning, and um, and that's kind of how I got into those English dogs. So you uh you went there to your first UKC hunt, and when when you were there spectating on that cast, did did you know then this is something I want to do? Uh, I, I really enjoy this, or was this something that come along later? Well, no, we had, um, you know, we had been around coon hunting and and coon hunted, like I said, the U series. But that at that time, you know, that was probably a, a standout moment for me, witnessing a dog that was just at a whole another level than you know my rose dog or or any other dogs I'd been in the woods with, you know, local um pleasure dogs i mean he was he was just an, a a different caliber he actually went on to win the grand american in 2002 and um big lee's ancestors on his bottom side actually go back to royal air and lightning yeah. okay okay so uh you you got that english pup and I, i'm assuming you got that pup up and going or did you end up buying a uh another another dog started dog or how how did it go from there i did i got her uh we we i think i kept her till she was two or three years old she would she would run a deer she would run a coon she would tree a possum you know we i didn't have a shocking shocking collar back then <clears throat> so we were old school trying to break them from running off game and uh i ended up selling her from there, I kind of got it older in high school and sports. And a- after I sold her, uh, Rose ended up passing. And I went on to college. And I, after I got out of college, I went. Um, my career took me uh, in a path where I had to do a lot of traveling. So I went several years without without coon hunting um, through through my college years and in my in the earlier part of my career. And I'd say probably around 2016 or so is is when I I, I bought another dog, okay. a coon dog. So so you 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 sold <laughs> sold that dog and and your other dog passed away, um and, and you went that time because I kind of I kind of did this kind of same story. I went a went a season there where uh, I was working and traveling. And I I didn't have a hound. Um, what was those years like? Was was you wanting to get back into it? I mean, for me, it was always the fall whenever you feel that, you know, first cool morning or first cool evening, uh, you know, you go, go out the door or whatever, and it's kind of cool at night. And <laughs> all those memories of coon hunting with, with those first hounds that I had would come back and that would really, you know, excite me and, and want me to get another dog. I just wasn't in a position where I could. Well, sometime around when uh, Rose passed and I sold that young dog, <clears throat> we got into deer dogs pretty hard. And through college, I had a partner. I was off at college, and he still lived back at home. 
he and I actually on on deer dogs together, and we had a pretty strong pack of deer dogs. So that's where I spent most of my Saturday mornings, and uh, and those cold, cool winter days. But, yeah. Okay. So uh, you had deer dogs through through college. So what what was the what was the events that led up to the point of I want to get another dog to uh, coon hunt at night? So my job took me on a. a I tell people I I lived in 10 states in 10 years with a traveling industrial construction engineering company. I was in Montana at the time, and I had an opportunity to come back to Charleston and work. And when I did that, I moved back to my hometown of Orangeburg, and I commuted to Charleston. And when I got when I got back home, that was the first time I had been back home in, in a couple years from traveling all over the United States. So when I got back home, I made it a point. I said, I, I want to get another coon dog. So I was doing a lot of commuting back and forth to Charleston and, and living back at home. And, and that's when I wanted got back into coon hunting. Okay. So what was that first dog that you got when you got back into it? Oh man, I, I bought some pups. I went through old dogs. I bought some started dogs. I, I never bought anything really special that stood out to me. I ended up having to go travel back to Kentucky, and I actually took my dogs with me to Kentucky. I, I had a rental house on a farm up there, and I lived in Kentucky for two years, and I met a lot of good people up there, and I hunted a lot of dogs, and I bought and sold dogs and bought and sold puppies. I never could find anything that really made me made me happy. I, I did have a nice true coon dog, a, a walker dog that went back to Bone Collector. Her name was Bella. I actually kept her until she passed. But um, as far as, you know, finding something that I was really wanting to, I was wanting to push something, you know, I wanted to get in back into the competition hunting pretty hard and I wanted to be at the top and I just never could really find anything that suited me. Uh, I went through a lot of pups and uh, a lot of dogs <laughs> for uh, probably about, I'd say three or four years I did this. Um I told myself that when I was a kid, I didn't have any money. And, you know, we, I, I did, I, you know, when I got back into it, I, I had a, a decent job, a pretty good job. And I, I wanted to set my standards higher and, and set my expectations higher. And, and, um, but it took a while. It took a couple of years, um, you know, until I came across Lee. Okay. So, so how old was Lee whenever you, you got him? Lee was 15 or 16 months old. I think he was 16 months old when I bought him. He was a, he was a very nice young started dog. Um, he was a natural born, you know, a natural starting dog. He, he had a good, good start out with, um, Alan Short and those guys down in Georgia. And, and I was on the phone with him one day and he started telling me about his pedigree and I recognized some dogs on the bottom side of his pedigree. And I put it together after tracing dogs and tracing dogs that he went back to those dogs I mentioned earlier, Royal Air and Lightning. And um, he had just sold him at the time, and and I made it a point that I was going to try to buy him if if he ever came available. And uh, the guy he was sold to was Randall Powell, and Randall Powell was hunting Lee's brother, Cracker Jack. So lo and behold, after a month or so of Randall owning him, uh, he decided to sell Lee, and I was the first one he called. 
and I went straight to the bank that afternoon and, and I, I got the money sent to Randall and, and Lee showed up at my house uh, a week later. So it, it was a lot had to do with, you know, every, everything I'd heard about him and the people that had been involved with him and, you know, his pedigree on the bottom side that really, really took me to him, I, you know, to had, have the opportunity. I thought that lineage of dogs had died out and um, to have that opportunity to get back involved with dogs that I hunted with when I was, uh, you know, 12, 13 years old, I, I felt like I just, I had to take advantage of it. So I took a risk. I, I bought him un, sight unseen and, uh, and it paid off. Yeah, I, I would say so. <clears throat> and, and you know that, when, whenever you you're looking for a dog i know when i got back into it um my first dog i bought was a black and tan as i i've probably shared on, on this podcast before and whenever i was looking i was kind of the same deal you were i was looking for for lineages back in pedigrees and, and i found this young young uh, actually a pup uh out of arkansas and, and bought him and he was living up to everything that that I I, I wanted it to do to be, and he got sick and ended up passing away. And and through that, I uh, you know got some other dogs that kind of tied back into that, and and it just it don't always work out like you think it's going to work out. And uh, to to where I'm at today, that I'm actually hunting an English dog uh, t- today because. You know, they just, it just kind of suits what I was looking for better. So, you know, you rolled a dice there, you took a gamble, you got Lee home. Um, how long was it before you put him in the woods? So <clears throat> Lee showed up at my house in February of 2019. And, uh, and I hunted him, you know, I hunted in that whole, I, to me, like you said, that from fall, spring, Winter, fall and winter and spring time frame is kind of how I look at hunting season down here in the south. But, um, you know, I hunted him for probably three months, and he won his first PKC cast in April. In April, we put him on a $30 hunt, and, and he won his first cast. And we played around a little bit, but nothing major. And, uh in May of 2019, I, I took Lee up to a good friend of mine, <clears throat> Jerry Hicks, in Kentucky. Uh, I, I spoke previously about that I lived in Kentucky for two years, and he was a good friend of mine. And, and he's a hard hunter. He likes to hunt by himself. And and uh, I sent him up to him for the summer. <clears throat> and Mr. Jerry hunted him all summer for me to kind of keep him tuned up. And when I got him back, I'd say August or September of that year, maybe August. Um, I got him back and we worked on a lot of things with him. Um, you know, I started getting him really ready for and tuned up for competition, you know, recutting and, and things that, you know, just competition tuning. He he was still, you know, a, a two-year-old dog or ju- had just turned two. He turned two in July. But, um, and, and I made it a point, I, you know, I wanted to start testing the waters and, and seeing what he could actually win. So <clears throat> around October, I started going to some local UKC hunts and, and PKC hunts, $30 hunts. And um, we, we did pretty good in October and November of 19. And then, which which is the start, the, the fourth quarter is the start of the 20, would have been the start of the 2020 PKC year. 
So I wanted to start running some of the PKC races. So um, we we had won a couple $30 casts early October, November timeframe, which was in 2019, but it went towards 2020. <clears throat> and then in December, I got in my first final four with him in, at the Palmetto State Jamboree and Union. And, um, and that was a really, a really awesome feeling, you know, it was the first big win for me. It was an open event, but it was the first big win for me. And, you know, we were all, I started realizing that we were stacking up points early already for, um, the, the state race and the breed race. <clears throat> so going into early 2020, um, we started hitting a lot of other PKC hunts around the area, the Shriners Benefit Hunt, and, uh, you know, we went to the Grand American, but I, I won my cast that year in 2020 in the Grand American, but it was uh, Saturday night with 175 plus. I didn't have enough to get in the top 20. But we went on in February and March hunting PKC hunts real hard. Every $30 hunt I was at. <clears throat> And then uh, in early March at the Low Country Jamboree, we we made another Final Four appearance, and we ended up winning the entire hunt. And that was another phenomenal feeling, um, another awesome Final Four for me. And so that led into uh, you know springtime and the summertime, and, and I sent <clears throat> Lee up to a guy, another guy I knew in, in Kentucky, Dylan, and he. Uh, he continued to hunt Lee and, and open events for me throughout the summer. And lo and behold, we finished that year uh, in the PKC race, the number one English breed leader and number two in the state of South Carolina in, in PKC. So those were major accomplishments for me. Um, you know, we started realizing, I realized that, you know, we, we really had a chance to do some winning when this all. So but before we go on, because there, there's a whole lot more winning uh, that's, that Lee's done that I want you to talk about, Nationals, Grand American, et cetera, kind of tell, tell me what you've seen in Lee at this time that you, you knew you had something special, kind of how he operated um, as a young dog and, and what you was really liking about him. Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Is your dog box starting to get warm? Maybe it's starting to get a little cracked like mine is. Maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a, to a new box, but you've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication Custom Dog Boxes and Aluminum Products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, reach out to Nathan at 540-810-5439, 540-810-5439, or send him a message through the Facebook page. I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now. Get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication. Well, a lot of people look for different stuff in a dog. And, you know, 
to me, it's about consistency and accuracy. I mean, he, he's got to be able to treat coons and he's got to be able to, to show me coons. If, if I go in there <clears throat> and walk across the swamp for a mile and I get this slick tree, I'm, I'm probably not going to keep that dog wrong. So, I, you know, I, I'll walk two miles to a dog if I have to, but, you, you know, you need to have the coon. And Lee has an ability to just, I mean, he can tree coons on a tough night on a, on a, you know, he can run a track. He can tree a hot coon. He, he's fast. He, he's real big, but he's very athletic. He moves through the woods like lightning. I mean, he can fly around and he's, uh, he's just very accurate and he's consistent. I mean, he, he gives me his whole 110% heart every time I turn him loose. And, you know, that's just, a, a dog's got to have heart. And Lee was very consistent. And, again, he could he could tree layups on nights when they weren't moving. And he could also tree, you know, tree with a hot one. So he just had what I looked for in a dog. Yeah. Um, so you, we get to the end of the PKC year 2020. You've won the English breed, second in the state at South Carolina. What What's next for Lee? So that led into, um, you know, it, 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 it put me in a situation. I think I'd also play, um, had enough UKC cast win for tournament of champions. I may be in another year, a year later with that. I can't remember exactly, but <clears throat> so then that puts you in a position to where you in the top 16 of the state. So you had the state hunt, same thing for the breed hunt. And we earned a truck ticket. So, in the actual start of of the fiscal year of 2021, um, we just we we had a pile of hunts. Um, we started out in the first of the year with the Grand American. I hunted Lee in a warm up hunt um, that Wednesday, Tuesday night before the Grand American, and he uh, Wednesday I go out to his his, uh, his kennel and he. He's standing on three legs, and he can't put it. He can't put weight on his front right paw. And I, I called my wife. I was at work. This was Wednesday when I got home, and she took him to the vet Thursday, and he had jammed his toe, and he couldn't put any weight on it. And the vet told me to go ahead and hunt him Friday night at a Grand American, but I chose to not hunt him at all Friday night at Grand American. And uh, I turned around Saturday night and he scored 1,025 points and was overall high-scoring dog first place Saturday night. But it didn't, you know, you have to be a double-cast winner at the Grand American to get in. So I received a lot of headaches, <laughs> a lot of stuff, crap from a lot of guys about not even hunting Friday night. But I just, I didn't, it wasn't worth it to me to, to make that injury any worse on him. So, um, so leading into January, you know, we had a lot of hunts. My daughter was born um, in January of, of, of 2021. So that, that was a big event for me. Um, going into uh, February of 2021, we we hit a lot of big pro classics. And, well, we, we hadn't really gotten into pro classics yet. We were still uh, doing a lot of open events. And uh, we qualified for the world hunt in the UKC. And then we, we ended up going, you know, the, the, the English hunt and the state hunt was all, all of that stuff piled on top of you. You know, we, we, we went to Batesville, Mississippi 
for the truck hunt that year. And I can remember dad and I leaving and, and we drove all the way to Batesville and uh, I ended up having to withdraw and I, I called him up and we got back in the car, <clears throat> the Tahoe, and we drove all the way back home. We were on the road about 28 hours and, you know, we, we never stayed at the hotel after I went through that night. We just drove straight home. The English hunt was in West Tennessee, which was, uh, you know, nine hours and, and pretty much not the same thing happened, but when we lost, we lost our cast and, uh, we turned around and drove back home. So, you know, we put, <clears throat> we put miles after miles, um, those first three years in 2021 on a car. And it, it was just, it, it kind of wore, wore me out a lot, but he, he, he had earned the right to be there. So I wanted to make sure that he was there. And then that leads us into the, um, the nationals in 2021. We went to PKC Nationals in 2021, and uh, we doubled up on Tuesday night. Uh, I, I believe I was up there by myself during this time frame. Yep, this was the one I was at by myself. And uh, we doubled up on Tuesday night, so we <laughs> we kind of sat around for a while and, and waited because you don't hunt in the semifinals or quarterfinals until I think that Saturday night. And so we got in the the semifinal Saturday night and we had it treed he had treed five coons that night. A lot were in timeout, but two actual two were in timeout, but that that was the absolute worst thunderstorm um we had I had ever been in and we had ever hunted in and I still have guys that were there at that at the national that that particular night and um it, it was unreal the thunderstorm and and at the end of you know waiting all week from tuesday to saturday um you know i lost that round but when i left there <clears throat> i was proud of my dog you know he had he had competed at early round one early one late and and he had treed five coons and and the work the worst storm I'd ever hunted in. And the storm didn't last long, but, you know, as it passed through, some dogs quit hunting and, and whatnot, but he stayed at it. But we ended up losing the cast because a lot of those Coonsie trees were in timeout, but I was still proud of him. Yeah, it definitely sounds like so, he was he was looking good for sure. So where where did you finish placing at at the Nationals? That year at the Nationals, I was in the um, – uh the semifinal the quarterfinals yeah okay yeah and that's a you know that's that's a i've heard i've never hunted that um but i've heard a lot of people talk about it and they said that's probably one of the toughest hunts to to win and and much less you know try to get into to any of the final rounds there yes it is it you know you're really competing against other platinum champion well he's not gold champions or or uh you know dogs that have Platinum champions, gold champions, silver champions, dogs that have won all year long and, and earned the right to be there at the nationals. And it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely a tough hunt. Any of those hunts, the world, the nationals are tough, but September, um, the nationals are pretty tough for us in, in March. Yeah. So, uh, you come back home, uh, I guess from, from the nationals, did you hunt, hunt in any of the world hunts with him or, or how did that go? Well, I guess if I back up a second to 2020, <clears throat> um, in October of 2020, we went to the world hunt, uh, Dylan and I, 
and 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 he lost the first two days and on Wednesday of the world hunt he won his cast early and late and I drove up on that Friday uh to the world hunt and we won our cast early and we lost late and so we we made it to the top 26 out of uh I remember Jerry Mole posting uh making some posts about the record-breaking crowd that they had but it was uh my notes say 1,596 dogs, and we were in the top 26 of the PKC world that year. So that was just a major accomplishment. And then you, you bounce back forward to 2021, where we got into the semifinals at our next big, huge PKC hunt. And, um, you know, it was just an awesome feeling. Yeah, for sure. And um, I do remember uh, posts being on Facebook about the record uh, breaking number of dogs that was at the world hunt that year and and you know to to finish anywhere in the top there that's that's an accomplishment to beat out that many dogs because that's that's a tough feat to do because there, there's some good dogs that show up there absolutely yes sir okay so we we're finished with the nationals did you hunt in the ukc world at all um or the toc or any of that stuff i didn't so so also you know leading into 2021 we uh we had qualified for, for a lot of hunts, the tournament of champions and, and the nationals and the world. And, and they all, you know, when you're running them all together, I just talked about, let me get my notes straight here. So we come out of the national championship in 2021, and I was in uh, coming home from Salem, Illinois. And I, I passed Lee off to uh, Shane Wheat, and he took Lee to the Tournament of Champions, which was just the very next weekend, one of the uh, regionals. And I think they went to the regional in Arkansas. <clears throat> and we lost there. You know, the next weekend you had the Super Stakes. So we, we went from Nationals to, to the Tournament of Champions, back to Princeton, Indiana, to the Super Stakes. And he ended up winning one early cast that year at the super stakes and then um you know from there um shane hunted him in some hunts throughout the summer some we started getting into a few pro classics but you know we didn't do you know excellent that year throughout that summer and I, I just feel like a lot of what I mentioned and I've talked about the earlier part of 2021, all the hunts and all the traveling and all the road work we had done early that year was just starting to starting to catch up with us all, I think. Um, Lee had kind of gotten to the point where he, he didn't like to be around a lot of other dogs and he would actually leave a tree um, if other dogs piled in there on him. Or, or he what he would do is he'd actually try to get deep and get out of, out of hearing. Um, you know, you just kind of get away from other dogs, very independent. And um, <clears throat> I put him in some pro classics uh, in 2022, jumping ahead a little bit. In 2022, I put him in some pro classics and stuff. And it, it pretty much, it, you know, if I lost a hunt, it was because he was out of pocket deep somewhere. I'd find him, he'd be tree with a coon, but uh, he liked to get away. So anyway, backing up to 2021 that summer, we uh, – we had a we had a long summer. Shane put him in some hunts. We we didn't finish to where we wanted to finish, and and I got him back. Um, I got him back that fall. 
uh, I made a road trip out to Tennessee and picked him up and brought him home uh, that fall of 2021. Yeah, so <clears throat> you uh, you got several different people, you know, handling him here, handling him there. And, you know, not only is, could that be, you know, rough on, on y'all as far as the traveling and hitting these hunts and back and forth and stuff like that, but – you know that's got to be an adjustment for the for the dog too i mean I, we all wish they could talk to us and we could talk back to them and they'd understand us we just tell them what we want them to do and they go do it but um you know that that's got to be an adjustment for for that dog too to to adjust between each handler because uh, i'm sure you handle different than some of your other other buddies that handling uh do and so that's, that's got to be some type of adjustment for him too it is absolutely absolutely um you know it's the reality is it's you know i work a full-time job i have a full-time family and and um i just i wanted to try to make a point to have the dog <clears throat> get him all the exposure he needed to be able to win all the you know a lot of these hunts and and that's that's just what i ended up having to do to make that happen but you're exactly right. I mean, it's an adjustment for me and the handler and the other handler. Uh, it's tough on your wallet, tough on the dog. Yeah, for for sure. And, and you know, gas prices probably didn't help that help that cause any either. You know, that that definitely put a damper, I think, on on some traveling for some people, uh, for sure. Um, so, so you you get into uh, you finish 2021. And I guess you start the year off in 2022 with the Grand American um, again. Is, is that right? Uh, that's exactly right. Yes, sir. Okay. So, so how how, yeah, so, how did that go? So another another thing I wanted to mention is back during this time, you know, a young dog starts doing a lot of winning, and, and people want to breed. You know, they they see, you know, hey, we we'd like to have a pup at your dog. <clears throat> And at that time, I, I wasn't willing to let him uh, do live coverage. So another thing we were both reaching out into was the AI world uh, of artificial insemination with, with breeding. You know, I wanted to start getting some pups on the ground out of him, and but I wanted to keep pushing him. So that was another contributing factor, I think. You know, we would we would take him somewhere and have him collected and, or – you know, he would be around a lot of uh, females in heat, and, and um, even though we were doing the AI at that office and, and whatnot, it was. Uh, I still think that played a, a part in it during that time frame. But yeah, leading it to the end of 2021 and starting uh, 2022, we we had a couple litters of pups on the ground. Um, <clears throat> the end of 2021, um, we. We did real good in the local $500 Pro Classic. Uh, we we put some money on the board right there at the end of 2021, and I went in 2022, and on uh, Friday night again in the Grand American, uh, we lost. We we had a dead cast. We we treated a coon, but we treated some den trees, and then we made a mistake and we couldn't recover and ended up having a dead cast. I turned. I turned around Saturday night and uh, we placed fourth place overall with 825 plus. So I started 2022 out in, in a in a good, you know, on a good foot in a good note. So leading into a couple other big pro classic hunts, um, 
I'm probably entered one of the biggest hunts I've ever entered in my life as far as entry fees. And, um, man, he treated a coon every single night. It, it was the worst conditions around here I've hunted in. It was sleeting. It was almost snowing. It was uh, in the low, low 20-degree weather. Um, he he still managed every night. It was a three-night hunt. Every single night I handled him. Every night I put my leash on him, he was under a coon. I lost the first night on a tiebreaker, that hunt. And um, the next the next night, <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a funny story. We drove down this long dirt road, and I heard the dog in front of me barking the dog box as we went through the swamp. And we must have drove another mile. And we turned loose, and Lee went back there and treed that coon. He stayed out. He stayed out of pocket the entire hunt, and I was just hoping and praying that the wind would blow my direction so I could get a a, a drift of him and uh, and hear him because I knew he was down there tree with that coon. And uh, but it never did. So that you know we we I waited the whole hunt. And I finally withdrew and went and got him. And then the third night we we had a. We had a bad night that night. It was uh, um, just it was just a bad night that that third Saturday night, and I kind of took a break from it uh, after that. Uh, I started focusing on hunting, ple- doing a lot of pre- pleasure hunting the remainder of that uh, that winter with Lee and his pups, and I did some more breeding. And you know, at this point, I got some pups of leaves that are around nine about nine months old ten months old and my cousin and i we own a little female called hissy set together and we started hunting her a lot with lee and i was going with some other guys with some puppies out of lee so i spent the entire rest of 2022 pretty much just pleasure hunting and and hunting his pups are you tired of whipping scolding and shocking to make them get alone Is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night? Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in loner offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in, including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball-mouth open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook. If 
you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get you an ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads. <clears throat> so what are, you, what are you seeing out of those, those pups? And we'll get back to Lee here in just a second because definitely, we definitely want to talk about the rest of 2022 and what's already happened here as 2023 is just getting underway. But what, what are you seeing out of those pups? Are you seeing some of the same, same stuff that you've seen in Lee as a young dog or how, how are they coming along? So right now to date at this very moment, Lee has that I know of, well, uh, that are living that I know of 50 pups. I know of, of he has 50 pups on the ground and, um, I would say that in the next couple months, uh, probably three of those pups should title. And I I haven't hunted with all of them, obviously. I've, I've hunted and, and heard from what, you know, we started our own Facebook group, uh, Big Lee Stock, and it, that group is growing. And it's, it's a place where people can uh, post updates on their Big Lee pups and, and we can promote the pups. Um, but... You know, he's really, it looks like he's really putting the accuracy in his pups. Hissy fits very accurate. There's another local dog, uh, Josh Wall owns Ruby. She's, she's a very accurate little dog. And um, they seem to be starting pretty good pretty early. You know, some, uh, some of them have a, a need, some things they need to work out. I, I talked with a guy at Grand American this past weekend, and he said if his would stay treed, she'd, she'd have it all. And I told him, I said, she's still real young, you know, just, just give her a little more time. Uh, but, um, you know, every one of them's got a little something going on right now. They're all real young, but they seem to be very accurate and, and have a lot of drive. Yeah. So, sounds like to me, you definitely with a limited number of pups on the ground. Sounds like to me that you definitely are, are getting some good reports out, out of the, out of the pups. And I did want to take a moment here to, um put this information out there uh clayton stark clayton stark outdoors on youtube uh sat down with you and interviewed you and and him and one of the handlers and i I apologize because i don't remember who it was uh that he took and took big lee so if you want to see big lee go here's mouth stuff like that clayton has a great video uh of up over there on his youtube channel clayton stark outdoors yes sir um yeah so so in the Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to pick back up on the, um, you know, on the spring and the summer of 2022. Um, we we got Lee up up in the hands of a, a friend of mine, Eric Emery, and he's the handler that you were discussing earlier on uh, Clayton Stark's video. And Eric is a, a younger boy. He's he's been on he's been in the coon hunt game for a while, and he's actually been involved and surrounded by a lot of big winners and a, a lot of big name guys. And and Eric's a, he's an awesome guy. <clears throat> I, I sent him up there with the intentions of getting several females bred up in uh, northern Indiana, and. Um, Eric didn't get a chance to hunt him a whole lot, and we knew that before we went, before we made the deal to take him up there. He's he works with a company that puts in a lot of time throughout the summer, so he doesn't get to hunt a whole lot during the summertime. But we got a couple females bred up there, and uh, we actually got that interview with Clayton Stark, and and that was awesome. So 
to get that video out there for everybody and, and his story, Eric's story and my story. Um, it, it's just, <clears throat> it, it seems like it's just an awesome feeling to be able to get all that out there for everybody. Yeah. And that happened right mm-hmm. around autumn Oaks time. Is that right? It, it was from the spring through the summer until autumn Oaks. And then I, I went up there to autumn Oaks and I, I picked him up and I brought him home. Okay. So, it was from May to May to September. Okay. So did did you hunt him in Autumn Oaks or did you just pick him up and bring him home? I had I hadn't hunted with him uh, you know, in a, several months, but I said while I'm here I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sign him up and um, you know, Eric had been hunting him once or twice a weekend and um, you know, I, I said, Well we'll we'll see what we can do. I ended up having to withdraw him and I called him out on a uh, little highway out little small town road out there on uh in indiana and uh, so we didn't do any good in the hunt but i you know i didn't i didn't have a lot of big expectations but we we did give it a whirl (laughs) yeah so what happens after autumn oaks did you hunt anything between autumn oaks and now so autumn oaks until um december of 22 i did not put him in any hunts i just pleasure hunted him and got him back in shape you know good hunting shape and and we we spent a lot of nights in the woods and i could tell i i don't know it's just he he just seemed to have been a lot of very relaxed last couple months you know he i think i started hunting a lot of pups with him too back in october september october when i got back hunting um you know pups would come in and jump on him and jump around him and play with him and play on him and and uh he just seemed to not minded or you know, he he didn't he didn't never really make a lot of mistakes he's never really made a lot of mistakes but you know he was treeing closer and getting treed and staying treed and um so we enter a pro classic at, at our local club in december and um we won early and we got in the final four and he got out of pocket on that one and i took fourth fourth place in that hunt he uh he got out of there got out of out of hearing so but we we got a win late 2022 and i continued to hunt him the rest of the month and then that led into our our grand american win yeah. this past this past weekend yeah and we we want to talk about that but it sa- sounds like to me you know you got him back and um it really sounds like to me the, the dog just you know knew he was back with you and just kind of relaxed and and was comfortable and was sound like he was kind of hitting a groove there um, you know, as far as pleasure hunting and, and putting up with, with puppies, cause they, they can be aggravating to a, to an older dog for sure, jumping all over them. And, and then you get into the pro classic, um, now, now here we are, um, we're about, I think a week or five days, whatever it is, six days out from the grand American. So what, how, how was you feeling Friday? Uh, or I guess did you hunt any of the warm up hunts going up into the Grand American, or did you just hunt Friday and Saturday night? So the Grand American doesn't do any UKC warm up hunts like at at some of these other larger uh, UKC events. But what we do have is every year we have a PKC hunt in St. George called the uh, New Year's Jamboree, and we we have run those uh, local warm up hunts for that hunt, and so. You know, I, I didn't hunt any of the warm-ups uh, two years ago is when he hurt his toe <laughs> when I was hunting in the warm-up hunt. So I, I made a 
a decision this year and last year. I, I didn't hunt any of the warm up hunts. I just I just let him rest, and I would I took him pleasure hunting. I think Tuesday night. So. <clears throat> okay, so Friday night you 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 get to the fairgrounds, you get drawed out, and uh, what? Tell us about that cast uh, if you remember who you drawed, kind of kind of how things went down there. So Friday night, um, we drew. Oh man, it was a. Uh, I don't think there was a walker dog in the cast Friday night. They're all running together now. But we met back at my club and and we got it out and we ended up treeing five. He treed six coons Friday night, and um, man, it was just. It was just an awesome feeling. I'm I'm trying to reflect on with who all was in my cast on which night, but running together a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, you've you've had a long weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but no, we uh we were able to get under coons and and other dogs. You know, oh yeah, uh, Grant and some of those other guys were in the cast. We got under a coon, and then other dogs had, had treed circle trees and you know whatnot. And he was just he was just operating, man. He, I, sorry, I was just drawing a little blank there. It's, it's a lot of cast right there together, <clears throat> but he was just operating. We treed six coons Friday night and um, scored on six coons Friday night, and then Saturday night we uh, scored on three coons, and he actually treed one in timeout. So he treed four Saturday night, and then he treed one in the late round on, um, you know, in the final four. So that was 11. And one of the trees had two in it. So he, he was under, you know, he's under 11 scoreable trees, 11 trees, and he had a coon in every one of them. Uh, one of the hunts on Saturday night, first drop, he treed in a big dead tree right off the rip and uh it didn't have a coon in it and i i could tell it was like one of those old hurricane trees where it it was dead but it still had the big limbs on it and it was broke off at the top i couldn't prove it had a hole in it from the ground but i knew it had to be broke off at the top with with a coon in it or at least that's my always my expectation when with lee but anyway i'm i minus this tree which was rightfully so i couldn't prove any hole or anything so we started on set. I'm jumping into Saturday night. We started off out in the hole, um, like 175, right there off the rip. And the other dogs got treed, but they treed den trees, and um, and they made a couple mistakes and got minus on a couple things. So the next drop Saturday night, uh, it was it was just it was almost unreal. It was bam, bam. He treed two coons. I mean, he treed a coon so fast. He was treed within a minute before the minute was up. And the other dog, it was two coons there, and the other dog had taken the track on, and he treed that one that went up. <clears throat> and uh, we got those points, and we recut him, and he went about 400 yards, and he treed another one. So when the other dog got treed, he, he had treed in a den tree. So we went from being in the hole, we were back on top just that fast. And um, the next job produced a coon, and 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 we ended up winning Saturday night with 450 plus. So it it was an awesome hunt Saturday night. Okay, <laughs> so I, I'm on I'm on back up here just a minute. Um, 
you're judging the cast. Is that right on Saturday night? That's correct. And and you minus your dog on on the first tree Mm -hmm. because you couldn't prove that it was a legitimate den tree. Yes, sir. Okay. Reason why I wanted to point that out is, you know, you see a big score come in like that and there's been some posts on social media and there's been some people that I seen make comments that went to bat for you and saying, Chris wouldn't do that. He's, he's a straight up guy. I want people to hear that you were judging and cast and you minus your own dog. So you're, you're right from the jump. You're pretty much putting yourself out. If Lee don't turn around and perform, uh, later in that cast, which, which he did. And I just want people to understand that. Don't, don't just jump to conclusions when you hear big scores, you, you need to hear, hear the stories, uh, you know, straight from the people that were there and, you know, Hey, my, my hat's off to you. You could argue the point that, Hey, I know that tree's hollow. There's a, you know, tops broke out of it and you know, there's a hole there, but you didn't, you done the right thing. You couldn't prove it. So you minus your dog, you took your lick and you went on and, and your dog performed for you and you won the cast. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. <clears throat> um, okay. So you, uh, let's see. I ain't been to the Grand American since like 1996 or 97, so <laughs> that's it's been a long time. You, you you win Saturday night early, and then you have to hunt a Final Four late. Is that right? Well, you it, they take the combined double cast scores and they go out and hunt the Final Four. So um, so what happens is you got to wing your cast Friday night and Saturday night. So like, it, like we talked about Saturday night, I mean, I was all, I got to win Saturday night to even have a chance of making the final four. And the first Cooney tree that, you know, was minus. So it was, it, it was a, uh, Oh boy moment. But, but yeah, back to the, the setup of the hunt, they take the combined scores from both nights and, and the top four go back out and hunt in the late round Friday night, a uh, Saturday night. Okay. So it's Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Um, what, what, what dogs did you draw there? So, uh, my win Saturday night put me at a combined score of seventeen twenty-five, I think it was. And, you know, we were, I was definitely, <clears throat> I was pretty confident that I had enough to get in the final four, but you never know. You never know who's going to walk in there with, you know, a big score from Friday, Saturday night and, and they had scored a big score Friday night too. So you really never know until, until they call your name at, out at a hunt office. So we got in the final four and we drew another local, uh, another local guy, Robert Crosby. He got his female um, in the final four as well. And another guy, uh, everybody was fairly local to the state. I guess they were in the state. Yeah. And, um, so we drew out and it just, I don't know, it was a very fast hour. It, it was, everything seemed to happen very fast. You know, we, we'd been hunting two hour hunts and two hour casts all, all weekend. And we had that one hour. And, uh, so on the final four, we turned loose and I took third strike. <clears throat> we turned loose on this branch that went and teed into a big swamp and, they got out, they got down that branch and got almost out of here and real quick. So we had to haul butt through the woods and get an island on a hill in a hayfield. <clears throat> and as soon as we stopped where we could listen, they were about 800 yards from us. And they had, they were where that branch teed into that big swamp. 
And uh, you could just, I mean, you could hear a roar of dogs. I mean, it sounded like all four of them were just blowing the top out of the tree. And um, I took a third tree on that one. I, I knew it was there, but um, I, I didn't want a tree in first. I, I was hesitant on whether or not he would, he would stay or keep going. I, I knew that they had hit that swamp. And I was kind of expecting a lot of times they might have hit that water and that coon swam that swamp. And, you know, those dogs pulled up where he, where he, um, where he went into the water. So I, 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 I took a third tree. We got in there. <clears throat> so the, all, all four dogs were on the part of this tree. We get in there. One's on the ground and Lee's not there. So I took a minus and the other dog took a minus and they ended up having a coon. So they were plussed up and then they recut and I could hear Lee in there on the other side of the, of the it was a, it was a, a big creek, but it's, it's real hard to cross it. You got to pick and choose the spots where you cross it. So <clears throat> I could hear him on the other side and I treat him in. We got across there. We got to him and he had a, a den tree. <clears throat> it was an oak tree about a, a foot in diameter. It was broke off about 12 feet up. <clears throat> and a couple little limbs coming up out of the den tree. And um, I immediately found a, a dead log on the ground and started beating the tree and pulling vines and blowing my squalor. And uh, lo and behold, the coon come out of the tree and everybody saw him and, and we were plussed up. So that was a that was a huge moment for us where things just were kind of went our way on that one. It's not every day you pull a coon out of a den. But um, so we recut him. Um, I got struck back in. He went the opposite way of all the other dogs, and I, I knew it was probably going to pretty much, unless he could find one close, I knew he was going to start getting out of there looking for a coon. Um, I got struck back in for a quarter. One of the other dogs treed. We went to that tree, and um, it was minus, and then the hunt ran out, and I I went took off walking going to get Lee in the opposite direction and I told the cast I'd meet him back at the truck <clears throat> and they went and scored those other two dogs that had treed in just before time was out and they were minus. So um I, I ended up winning the overall hunt. He he got he stayed out of trouble. We had a little bump on that first hit. We took a fifty minus, but he got a coon treed and he stayed out of trouble the rest of the night. So um I actually handled Lee handled him after the hunt was over <clears throat> he was treated again with another coon but that one didn't count so that was that was number 12 for the weekend for him and he, at that point he was getting kind of like i am right now he's getting a little raspy but um but he he definitely man i, I took a video of him, me sitting down talking to him right before the sun came up that morning when i was waiting on him to come over and pick me up and i just I hadn't posted this video on social media or anything yet or shown anybody. I don't know. I took it from me and him, I guess, but I was just telling him how proud I was of him. I mean, this, this dog, he, he just, he, he just, he gives 110% every time you cut him. And I mean, he, he is going to get under a coon. He's going to get under a coon some kind of way, some kind of how he's going to find a coon. Well, what, a, what an accomplishment. And I know you mentioned in the video with Clayton Stark, this was one of your goals to win the Grand American. And congratulations to you and Lee on, on winning it. I know uh, that's a that's a tough weekend uh, for sure. Sounds like you, you had a few bumps and, and bruises along the way through the weekend. But, but in the end, uh, you come out on top and, and Lee done what he had to do to – 
to get under a coon and, and help you uh, help you get there to to win for sure. <clears throat> That's exactly right. So what's yeah. uh? So what, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's what's next on the list? I mean, we're we're just a few days out from the Grand American at the time of recording this, and this uh this will release here in a, in a couple of weeks, but. Um, what, what's next on the, on the list here for, for Lee, you got, you got plans, uh, to, for more pushing him in some more hunts, or you going to just put him up and, and start breeding him and start working some pups that that's out of him. What's your, what's your plans here? Well, I have a male at my house. He's a uh, seven months old. Um, uh, he's a pup out of Lee. I'm, I'm going to work with him. some. <clears throat> I'd like for my cousin and I to try to get, uh, a couple wins on the female that we own out of Lee Hissy Fit, and I, I hope some of these other pups can catch up some wins this season. And um, as far as Lee, I, I have a uh, you know PKC came out with this Pro Classic race series for the state championship, and um, the one that I mentioned that we won back in December, we got fourth in. Uh, we have plans this Friday night to go to another qualifier for that state race. So I hope to compete in that state race. And, um, you know, my, my big goal for him next and has always been the finishing the platinum champion. Uh, he lacks about $2,000 of being a platinum champion. And there's only, there's, there's less than 20 platinum champions ever in the history of PKC in the English breed. So, um, you know, that's one of my goals. <clears throat> I'm, I'm contemplating whether I want to go down and, and go to winter classic and, and autumn Oaks and, and the world with UKC this year. I've, I've kind of pushed him a lot. PKC. I'm, I'm thinking I might try to hit some of those bigger hunts and maybe take a run at the triple crown or, you know, Perina points race. Um, maybe mix it up a little bit this year, but I, I mean, he's, he's not retired. He's, He's gonna hunt until I find something to replace him with, and um, you know I, I sold a couple of young dogs out at Grand American, and you know they were asking me this and that about them, and I said, well, you know my my expectations are, you know I'm not stopping until I get a dog that's better than Lee, you know, and um, so I you know the expectations are high, he sets the bar high, and and that's gonna be tough, but we're gonna do it eventually. <laughs> yeah well you're you're close there to to being platinum champion and i think y'all y'all get it done here pretty quick I, I don't think you'll have have any issues there especially the the way he's been operating and get him a little break this week and and get him back out and go on friday and um i guess you're gonna you're gonna continue to do some breeding with him but you're you're gonna just do the ai no no live covering or you are you doing any any frozen uh, shipping any frozen semen on him, or have you had him collected or any of that stuff? So back when we were doing the AI and stuff, I did have him collected. I, I have I have some stored in in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, <coughs> and I, I would I'd like to I I, I want to finish this year out in some hunts before I start breeding him a lot, live breeding him a lot. Um, he has live bread and it doesn't seem to affect any of his hunting. And so that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I have a lot of guys bring females and leave them for two or three weeks. And so I got a female in heat over there in the kennel next to him. And well, not next to him. I try to keep them as separated as possible, but 
you know, all that takes a, a toll on them. And then you're taking them out in the woods and, and trying to get him to perform in a hunt. And he's got females that he's thinking about. So I, I'll probably, my plan of attack will probably be a little different this year when it comes to hunting and breeding. <clears throat> but I am going to have him collected again this summer. And um, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully this this year and these wins are going to set him up for the next stages of his his career, which is you know later in his life to hopefully be a big top reproducer. Yeah, for sure. I got a I got a buddy that he's kind of the the AI king to me. He's he's really taught me a lot. Uh, and I'll give him a shout out here, Brett Stevens. That he owns the Loner Dog and. He does a yep, lot, lot yep. of AI, and, and man, Brett, Brett's a great guy, and he's very knowledgeable when it when it comes to that stuff. And uh, he's he's really taught me taught me a lot, and uh, as far as you know, AI and, and breeding dogs and stuff like that. Because I'm no dog breeder, I, I'm I'm barely a good dog hunter, so <laughs> I just uh, I just go out there and let the dog do the do the dog's thing and try to try to work on the things I can and. Um, sounds like uh to me you and you and lee are are headed in the right direction and and uh we we definitely wish you the best uh for this next year and and maybe we'll bump into you at a hunt somewhere uh along the way yeah i'd, I'd like to go back and, and touch a uh, second on a couple things <clears throat> uh that friday night at the grand american um we, we turned loose on the first drop and and they struck a coon and they drove them in there and they come back towards us and we all four treed in um and we got in there to them and lee was just a little it was in a straight line and lee was just a little past them and we got in there and three of the dogs were minus and we got to lee and he had a coon so that that was the start of friday night so i'll i'll you know in the back of my mind i was hoping and, and praying that it would continue like that the rest of the cast. Um, we went to another drop in a big swamp and we got in there and Lee, that was, that was the tree that he put two up one tree and he did it fairly quickly. <clears throat> and the other dogs, uh, one had a circle, uh, two of them had circles. They were split and two of them had circles. One of them was in the treetop and the other one was up in a den tree. Um, and the next drop, we got in there and we all three dogs were treed together and we got in there and one of the dogs had come off the tree and was off to the left. So, uh, that dog drew another minus. And at that point that guy went through and that left me and another dog at the time. And so we come out of there and, and he ended up backing out. So we, we came out of there and we went to three other turnouts by with Lee by himself and, and he ended up getting coon treat every time. So um <clears throat> I just wanted to go back comment a little bit on that Friday night hunt, him treating six coons. Um, you know, I'd say three or four of those coons that he treated were layups. The last the last drop, he was about eight hundred yards in there by himself before he ever opened and, and he we went in there and he had the coon. Um and one other quick thing I wanted to jump back and talk about, we talked about some big hunts in 2020, in June of 2020, that was the year that COVID, you know, was around and messing up everything. And it was a tough year for everybody that year, but the super stakes that year actually was in June and Lee made it to the semifinals of the super stakes that year in Indiana. So that was one big hunt that I failed to mention earlier. 
um, on his resume from from back in 2021. Yeah, well, the, 2020, yeah, 2020, yeah, 2020. The the dog's definitely been doing some winning, and and sounds like to me that you you you've put him in the best opportunities that you could possibly put him in to to be winning for far as for different handlers, different states, and keeping him tuned up in the summer. And I'm sure being in in South Carolina that y'all probably fight the alligators and the water moxes and and stuff such as that in the in the summertime. So. Absolutely. Oh man. I uh, I can yeah, kind of relate from from coming from Southeast Alabama. Yes, yeah, sir. That's that's for sure. It's it's tough hunt down here in the winter, uh, summertime for real. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know if you got anybody you want to thank or or uh, any any sponsors or anybody you want to give a shout out to. But we we've, we've been at it a little. I've kept you a little bit over an hour now, and man, I, I really appreciate you you being on the podcast and sharing <laughs> your story and. And Lee's story and uh, kind of where you're at up to d- today, but uh, I think we're we're to a place where we we can kind of hit a stopping point here. But I definitely want to give you an opportunity to to thank anybody you want to thank and and any sponsors that you want to shout out. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you uh, having me on the podcast, and I've enjoyed this hour to be able to talk about uh, myself and Lee and our winnings and uh, I. Do I want to thank anybody? I mean, the list is, where does it even end? You know, um, obviously my wife and my, my two children, you know, my wife, she, she's been with me since the beginning on all this stuff. And she, she, uh, you know, it's a lot of long trips that I go on and a lot of time away and, and coon hunting, you go at night and, you know, it's, uh, it's tough, especially with the little ones and, and my wife, uh, she's always there for me and supportive and my family, my dad, he always rides with me. I, I mentioned that, um, he had, he had went on those road trips with me all that time. And he, you don't have to pull his leg to get him to get in the truck and ride with you. So I, I always appreciate that. And my mother and my wife's parents, they, they always come and help us with the kids. If I'm out of town or, or if I need them to come, my wife works nights. So I have my kids a lot of nights by myself. And sometimes that falls when I have a hunt and they always come over and, and help watch the kids. And so I can go, um, help with the hunt or organize the hunt or club meetings or whatever it may need to be. And then, you know, our, our landowners and our, our everyone who helps put all these big hunts on and all these kennel registries is, is so much hard work. And, um, they put in a lot of hours behind the scenes that people just don't even realize and, and, and what it takes to run some of these big hunts. Guides, landowners, <clears throat> every day it gets harder to find good hunting ground, especially where I'm around I'm where I'm at and other places. You know, we don't have a lot of public land where I'm at and so we have to hunt a lot of private land and uh nowadays, you know, we have the deer hunting leases have tied up a lot of land so I, I really appreciate all my landowners and, and all of my friends who's helped me uh, along the way and everybody pushing the leap up out there right now. Um, I hope that we continue to, to do big things. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any doubt. I don't think we're we're done hearing Big Big Lee's name uh, called at the at the winter circle for sure. It sounds like that y'all y'all started the year off strong here, and I, I really look look to hear your name called called several more times throughout this year. 
Yes, sir. I sure appreciate that. Well, Chris, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast today. If you don't have anything else to add, I think we're, we're, we've kind of covered everything. We're to a, to a good stopping point here and hopefully somewhere along the the way throughout the year, uh, maybe we bump into each other at a hunt somewhere and I can shake your hand and really thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast. Yes, sir. That would be awesome. And I appreciate it very much. And again, thanks to everyone out there who's supporting us and, uh, you know, interested in hunting a leaf pup and, and pushing those pups. And, and thanks for all you guys do on these podcasts. You know, it's a, it's a chance where we can really say our story and save our story and, and save it in history. And, and maybe my son and my grandchildren can listen to the story one day. So I, I really appreciate what you do also. Well, thank you so much. I, I I do appreciate that, and that's that's our goal to, with this podcast is to preserve individual history and the history of our sport, which is coon hunting. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, buddy, and we will holler at you soon. All right. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at the Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at the Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Again, have a great day.